Hi, Freshhead listeners. It's Will. As we near the end of 2022, I wanted to take a minute to ask for your help. You're listening to us right now for free. In fact, all of our content is open access and freely available. That includes the 40 new episodes we produced this year, as well as over 300 episodes across our entire catalog. However, it's not free to create, produce, and publish Freshhead. We are funded by the generous donations from listeners like you. So if you would like to support independent media, or perhaps have used FreshEd in your classes, or just simply love our show, then please make a donation. You can do so at freshedpodcast.com donate. Again, that's freshedpodcast.com donate. Thanks for your support. And now on with today's episode. This is Fresh Ed a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas and educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Trying to write this introduction, I'm stuck looking at a blank page. The cursor is blinking, teasing me to say something, anything, but I can't. I'm stuck. Has that ever happened to you? The stress of writing? It's not unusual. And yet writing is essential. We communicate by writing. We process ideas by writing. Writing provides us a creative outlet. So how do people approach the writing process? Over the past year, I've asked Fresh Ed guests how they write. So in today's episode, you'll hear from a range of people providing diverse perspectives on the writing process. You'll hear that no one approaches writing the same way. My hope is that you will get some insight into the writing process that can help you become a better writer or perhaps simply overcome the stress of writing. Enjoy today's episode. I'm Greg Scutches. I am Director of Writing Across Curriculum at Lehigh University. I think writing needs to be approached like any other skill, right? And that's just you do it regularly, you know, and make it easy. So, you know, we've discovered a lot of things about how I think it should be a habit. We've discovered a lot of things about habits, right? If you want to learn the guitar, you don't put it in a case under the bed. You put it on a stand in the living room, right? So it's accessible. You pick it up. And I think writing is needs to be done regularly and you need to make it easy. You need to have a place where you write, maybe a place where you do nothing but writing and you sit down and write. And, but even bigger than that, I think I have a new, a new thing I like to say. I like to say if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Okay. And what I mean by that is that, yes, strive for excellence by all means, right? Strive for excellence. But for most of us, there's no path to a great article or a high level skill that does not go directly through doing poorly. And if we don't have a stomach for that to get through the poor part, we're never going to excel. And we're always going to hold ourselves, once again, this feeling of shame, like, oh, this is the way I write. Like if anybody knew this, they would never even let me into this graduate school to begin with. So you have to cultivate a taste for doing it poorly and realize that that's okay and that's where the, that's where you find the good stuff. So uh, it would be kind of a, an addition to that would be it's so much easier to work with a draft than it is to sit before a blank screen trying to culture, you know craft the perfect sentences. And also I would say another thing is that to me, writing, composition, and research are two sides of the same coin. In other words, when you're re- doing research, you're actually composing and understanding, right? You're saying this makes sense, this, that, these two things, this is included, that doesn't. You're, you're making selections about what to include, which is the same thing you're doing when you're writing. So that should keep the writing part close to you. Work out your ideas in writing or in words, you know, a recorder. An idea comes to you, boy, oh boy, ideas are so rare. Don't let that baby get away. Record it, scribble it, whatever, you know. Don't think I'll remember that later when I need it because you probably won't. Audrey Bryan, um, Associate Professor of Sociology in the School of Human Development at Dublin City University Institute of Education. Um, how do you approach writing, your own writing? 
not nearly as systematically or methodically as I would like. But, uh, you know, I suppose it is that issue of refinement. You know, I, I think momentum is so important. It's so key. I'm currently trying to finish a manuscript on emotion and education. And it, it has been really challenging. You know, I just haven't been able to, you know, find the time and keep the momentum going. But that is that is absolutely crucial. And, you know, not being afraid to draft and redraft and just thinking of writing as a process as, you know, and using, you know, using critical friends, all of, you know, all of that stuff um, and talking about talking about your writing, reading aloud, reading it to other people, getting feedback. Um, it's, it's so vital because otherwise it's just too lonely. It's just too isolating. Mm. It's too solitary. I think it is very much about allowing everything to flow from your research question. If you can craft a research question that is, um, that's actually researchable, but that is the thing that kind of everything else hinges upon that, you know, so not being afraid to kind of step back, you know, from the actual writing to really reflect on that core idea, that core question, and then building your argument around that. My name is Anatoly Alexienko. I'm Associate Professor of Higher Education and Director of Comparative Education Research Center in the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. I would probably draw on the same recommendations that I just mentioned in regard to my postgraduate students, critical thinking, or selective reading, and uh, collecting data. So I just try to develop concepts based on what's happening in my field, what's happening in the world, and how I can learn in terms of interdisciplinary connection. Before, I would sit more firmly in the education field as, as, uh, as a good farmer. I would, you know, grow carrots or onions of a certain kind, and they would say, I specialize only in these products. So I was committed to that kind of field. But then I decided that uh, I'm not really in the farming or industrial development uh, business. So I, I began to <laughs> think more broadly, taking myself out of that type of frame and bounded type of uh, commitment, reality and so on, and, and travel cognitively, co uh, travel to travel conceptually uh, to learn more from others as well as to understand you know, what I contribute uh, in, a, in a more informed way or more, more intellectual way so uh yeah again writing is pretty much commitment so we have to write every day a little piece an essay or if it's a project so very often it's an eclectic arrangement of different assignments so you write you review some papers for your colleagues you edit a book or special issue and the pipe the pipeline is can be quite big, so that over time you feel you can be overwhelmed and you have to be selective again. So it's kind of that struggle between being open and being selective. Usually it's in the afternoon, I think, uh, when I had enough of uh, reading done and when I had my walk after lunch, or they just kind of like can have some of this uh, reflective thinking accomplished that I can just, you know, just sit down and write something in in a more accurate way. Before, I, I used to really start from the beginning of the day and um, write whatever might be coming, I suppose, and as part of my data project, if I had data collected, then I would be driven by accomplishing some of the analysis, uh, 
or reflection or rewriting or revising some of the of the uh, writing projects. But the more I just go into the philosophical discourse, I think I need, I feel that I have to engage more with these other unknown fields and learn from that, read more from that before I go back to to the uh, writing project. So, yeah, I guess to be fair enough, it's sometimes it's sometimes you, you are overwhelmed by teaching responsibilities, uh, emails from students and uh, requests from colleagues, and sometimes you plan to write, but then suddenly there is something emerging at the horizon and you feel like, okay, you can't really say no or you don't want to say no. In fact, it's quite interesting to be engaged in some projects when, when you said that Fresh Head podcast is uh, something on, that you feel might be important to do or interesting to do. I, I said, yes, it is. Uh, and certainly it's priority. So, so sometimes you don't, <laughs> you don't say, oh, no, no, I have my pipeline. I have to do only this particular work, kind of work and so on. Hi, I'm Jessica Gerard and I work at the University of Melbourne. It's interesting to reflect on how engaging in scholarly work and becoming an academic actively changes you and sometimes rewires you. And for me, I know what's happened is that I now think through writing, which is something that I could not say before becoming, before doing the PhD. But now I have to write in order to think to the point that I'm in meetings with people and I'm typing notes just in order to process and to think just the events of discussion that's happening in a meeting. So for me, writing is a practice that I feel like I'm continuously engaged in, often discarding and sometimes keeping. And I feel very comfortable about that. I keep lots of files that are like cut, which is where you put all of the bits that you don't like. But the advice that I, I would give, which is something that I can't remember who told me or how I came upon this sometime as an early career person was that you can disagree with yourself in the future and that nothing you write is a finite representation of yourself or what you think about the topic. And I found that incredibly freeing. And I still find that incredibly incredibly freeing, that what I say is never going to be the final thing that I have to say about something or the final thing, of course, about whatever that thing is, because a gazillion other people will have something else to say about it. My name is Jamie Martin. I'm an assistant professor of history and social studies at Harvard University. I try to write every day. I obviously don't succeed, and uh, that's become more difficult now that I have a small child. Um, but uh, I try to write as much as possible, and I try as much as possible not to worry about it, like just to put words down on the page and do that as much as possible. Um, one thing uh, to keep in mind if you do choose to you know lead your life in this way is that the vast majority of what you write is going to be thrown away at the end of the day and i think that that can be quite daunting but it all adds up that the process is what matters and you know out of that process you will generate a lot of kind of final works but if you avoid that process um, I think the whole kind of, you know, the actual kind of lifestyle of writing, which is what, you know, being a scholar is in, in many ways. It's just like being any other writer. The whole lifestyle of writing becomes manageable if you just think of it as something you have to do very, very often and not worry about so much. As I mentioned, make time almost every day to write, even if it's just writing some particularly well-crafted tweets on Twitter um, or like, a, you know, a beautiful email with complex thoughts um, and get feedback get feedback, you know, as much as you can from editors or from family members or advisors, whoever it might be, and just do it. Just just don't worry about it. Just write. The more you worry about it, the actually, uh, you know, the more difficult it will be. Just do it. 
So I'm uh, Dr. Jürgen Emlen. Uh, I'm an assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong and an honorary fellow at uh, Deakin University of Australia. Writing is my one thing in this life that I'm capable of doing. I wouldn't be capable of doing any other job. <laughs> that's that's who I am. I write. That's how I express myself. I'm not a musical person. I, I This might seem counterintuitive, but it's not. But uh, my advice would be to read and read a lot. We do much, we, we do, do way too much writing in academia. We should be reading much, much, much more. So read. And when you think that you know your field very well, read some more. You probably don't. My name is Yu Yun, and I'm now associate professor in the Department of Education, East China Normal University. Probably what I'm going to say would sound very basic, but as a Chinese native speaker and a former PhD student in a British university, I benefited a lot from this advice from my supervisor. So he used to tell me that just try to start from writing simple, short. And clear sentences, as if you were writing a textbook for primary school、uh, students. My name is Sean Drake, and I'm an assistant professor of sociology at Syracuse University, and I'm also a senior research associate in the Center for Policy Research, also at Syracuse. I think for me, it's a challenge. I'm easily distracted by things, and so one thing that helped me when I was in grad school, I had a couple of writing buddies, and one of them was comparative literature in a comparative literature program. The other was in philosophy, and they were a couple years ahead of me, so they were, you know, like writing their dissertation. When I was writing up, you know, dissertation proposal, and so I would hang out with them when they were in very intense periods of writing. And what they would do is they would set timers on their phone, so they would write for 50 minutes and then take a 10-minute break, and they'd write for 50 minutes and take a 10-minute break, and they would maybe do three sets of that, like these intervals. And I would do that with them, and I found that I could get so much done in just two or three hours if I followed that schedule. So you write for 50. Minutes, you no, know, no distractions, just writing, just focusing on that. Sometimes that could be just thinking or just. I still like to write outlines like on note paper, you know, longhand. So I would write notes out, you know, with with pen and paper. That's part of that fifty minutes. Sometimes you might only write a, a couple of sentences, but that's that kind of intense writing time. And then the ten minute breaks. Get up, you eat, you stretch. You know, you can go on YouTube. You know, you can do something more distracting, and then you can get back to another fifty minute block. Sometimes you can do this in shorter blocks. You know, thirty minutes or forty five minute blocks of writing with a break. Depending on the schedule, how much time you have, how you work, but for me, sort of parceling it out like that really helped me to stay focused, and I found that I could get a lot of writing done in a relatively short amount of time instead of you know kind of spending periods kind of intermittently throughout a day trying to get stuff done and then sort of running out of steam in the afternoon, which is what would what would happen to me. So I would typically do this in the morning, you know, try to make myself get up early, which is hard for me,、um, and then write. And so you know, by 11 a.m. Or noon, if I'm in an intense period of writing, and I follow that method, I can have a lot of writing done, which is really nice because then there's less pressure on my afternoon. I might even take the afternoon off, or I can just kind of edit some things or polish some things up. I don't feel like I have to, you know, kind of do my best work as I'm as I'm starting to maybe get, you know, get get tired later. In the day. That tends to be my my advice would be, you know, set timers, find out when you work the best. For me, ironically, it's early in the morning, even though I'm kind of a night owl.、Um, so I just force myself to go to bed, get up, set timers, get a lot done, you know, in two or three hours. Yeah, I'm Michael Rumbelow,、uh, and I'm a PhD student at、uh, University of Bristol School of Education.、Uh, I think I tend to write、um, 
maybe a little bit too much at the last minute, I think. But I find that often is the time when I've got the most thoughts gathered, I suppose. Um, but I do find it very helpful to be jotting things and writing things down uh, and noting things as I go along as well. And then sort of using those pieces to sort of as sort of jigsaw pieces to put together in there in a longer piece of writing I think I think the uh, idea of starting small I think is uh, has worked for me anyway I think like so express ideas in tweets in memes maybe in vlogs podcasts as well see um, and also to use dictation I think that can help like there's lots of software now that can really transcribe quite well what you're saying so it's sometimes a lot easier to get your writing flowing by by talking into dictation and I think just um, letting finding a way of, of composting things so being aware that sometimes things sort of take ideas take time to to kind of compost in in your mind uh, and uh, and allowing them to do that and then the writing will sort of flow from that sometimes i think hey halani ron i'm assistant professor of pacific island education and education culture society at the university of utah i think about how i push through my dissertation oftentimes and it was really um rereading re-listening to stories and thinking about how grateful I am that folks trusted me with their stories and then thinking about the responsibility I had to document these stories. And so like knowing that why I'm in this place, there's a greater cause because as I talk about indigenous students feeling isolated, I feel that myself as a faculty member. And so like also thinking about mentoring as a genealogy of mentorship and how we can create kinships that are not bound by biology, but also creating more faculty members to join me in the ranks and thinking about the research in which, you know, like people are left with not just reading an article, but also like feeling like, oh, wow, I think there's something that I need to do because I read this piece. Keep at it. Seek help because it's a type of practice that sometimes doesn't come naturally to folks because we often speak differently than, you know, collegial or um, academic writing. And so, you know, really thinking about trying to get the story or what you want to say across. And then there's always a process of editing. My name is Prem Kumara Charam. I work at the Central European University. Find your voice, find your style. Don't listen too much to people who tell you you have to write like this or you have to do it in this particular way. And deal with the insecurities that come with writing. My name is Mirabdullah Miri. I'm an educational researcher now in the UK. I was a faculty member, a researcher, and a trainer in Afghanistan. But I had to leave Afghanistan after the collapse of the government in Afghanistan after the government fell off to the Taliban. I look at writing as a process and I believe uh, even good writers need feedback. And uh, when it comes time to writing, because we not only deal with language, we deal with ideas, we need to ask for feedback from others because they would look at the work from different perspectives. 
their writing from different perspectives and can have better ideas, especially with organization. I would encourage them to, again, ask for feedback and uh, look at writing similar to research as a process. So when I say ask for feedback, they can even ask for feedback from themselves. If they write in the morning and then later in the evening, if they look at their work, I believe they can bring changes because there's always room for improvement when it comes time to writing. And I encourage them to ask for feedback, even if uh, the feedback is very small, they will help them to identify their strengths. Hi there, I'm Sophie Rudolph. I work at the Melbourne Graduate School of Education at the University of Melbourne. I approach writing, for me, it's usually a really slow process. I do a lot of thinking before I start to write. And sometimes when I'm stuck, I have to go and move. Like I get a lot of my ideas riding my bike. I ride my bike a lot and a lot of it comes through movement. So, but I think it also depends a little bit on the project. It depends on the context. It depends on the other pressures that part of what's happening in the moment. But I think a piece of advice that I'd give for writing is to, to kind of find your groove and it's going to be different for everyone and that's okay to recognize that everyone writes differently and that you might have different phases um, where you write in different ways. So experiment and find what works for you. My name is Nazmi Anwar. I teach architecture in uh, Taylor's University in KL, Kuala Lumpur. Usually, if, if I'm writing a paper or a piece, I usually lay out the structure of it. You know, let's say what are the what is the first part going to be about? What are so I don't usually write in a sequential manner. I will fill in each topic and then tie them together. Uh, maybe it also goes like. Like as an architect, right, you're thinking about designing a building in parts. You know, you, you think about the structure, you think about the material elements, you think about the, the walls and, and the floor and all those things that comes in between. Designing a building, you're always thinking about it as separate parts that you need to eventually put together. So I, I guess in a way, my the way that I approach writing is similar to, to the way that I would design a building where you think about different parts, but eventually it has to make sense together. Um, that's usually how I, I approach uh, writing. I don't know. I think structure, having structure is, is good because it, it sets a certain limit, I guess, uh, which you can then transcend or, or go beyond. But it sets in the same way that you, if you write music, right? I mean, you, you need to have a certain, I don't know, chord sequence that would uh, set up the, the foundation of the thing. And then you can, of course, you know, em embellish it with other elements. Uh, I feel that having structure and having a, a framework is, is uh, very important. I, again, I guess that goes back to the whole uh, training as an architect, right? you need to have that. Maybe it doesn't work for everyone, I guess. My name is Ian M. Cook. I am the Director of Studies of OLIVE, which is the Open Learning Initiative, which is based at the Central European University in Budapest, Hungary. Trying lots of different things. So I've tried sitting, you know, I think like many people that have moments of writing that were really uncomfortable, like, and a real slog, like especially the last chapter of PhD, which I've finished writing in 2015 I didn't enjoy that at all but over time I find quite a lot of joy in writing especially now and that's by trying different methods and different styles so sometimes it really is maybe sitting down and uh, writing lots of notes on a piece of paper and then typing them up sometimes I've done co-writing where we've co-authors we basically sat down for one hour 
and said, okay, we're going to write on this topic. You write for 20 minutes, then we swap the text, then you write for 20 minutes, then we swap the text, and you write for 20 minutes. And we end up with a common piece of writing that we produce in an hour where we've all worked in different sections and we don't know whose is whose. And that was a great way of doing writing as well. It's a great way of getting ideas down on the page that no one feels ownership over. Um, so that's like another way of doing it. Or sometimes it's just nice to just to um, write in a way that's, I guess, a bit more standard, which is, you know, sit, sitting with your field notes or your or your readings and just, you know, put, assembling things together. I also did a super interesting thing once uh, for one of the chapters of my PhD, so I must have done it in 2013 or 14 or something, where I put all the things I wanted to put down on a piece of paper on little, um, not post-it notes, but these like library index cards. And then I just sat and arranged the whole thing to try and find a different way of structuring the ethnography that I wanted to write rather than just following the standard thing. So I guess in some, with experimentation is how I try to do it. Try different things. Try like just saying, okay, you know what? Like uh, I've got to take a you know a bus into into university, and I've got twenty five minutes. So sit down, pull open your laptop, and write for twenty five minutes, and just write that whole time, one time. Or try you know the thing where you're writing together with other people, where you send people stuff, people that you trust that you can be vulnerable with, and ex you know expose yourself and, and get and get feedback as well. So I would just keep trying different ways of writing for different types of writing to find the one that helps you express what you want to express in that particular moment. So Ulla Johansson Four, I'm at the Institute of Education at the University of the South Pacific. I would probably try as much as possible to avoid it first, and then when I'm finally pushed to do it, then I will do it. Um, I usually uh, think through it in my own language. I speak Tongan as my mother tongue, and then I'll try to translate to English the ideas and start writing in English, but the ideas are usually in my own. So I also try to find advice from others who speak English uh, better to help me make those translations. I think the one piece of advice is that uh, you, can, you can do it and get the help that you probably need, but don't be afraid to just put your ideas out there. And for those like me who speak English as a second language, perhaps don't be afraid. Just put your ideas out there. Find someone, a good friend, to, to help you make the translation. I'm Dunur Bloom. I'm a lecturer in sociology at California State University in Los Angeles. I think that really depends on what I'm writing and if I'm excited to write about it. If it's stuff that I that I've just got a brain itch where I've just got to say, "Oh my god, I've got this line of thought. I got to write. I got to write." That's easy, right? I've got these ideas. I want to get words on screen. Unfortunately, 98% of the time it's not the case. Like there are times where writing is pulling teeth. It is just brutal. And so what I'll tell myself is I'm going to work on this for X amount of time. I'm going to work on this for 20 more. I want to write 50 words, 100 words, or I just get something out on screen. And I know that I might not use most of those 50 words, but I might use some of them. I've learned to approach writing in a very con unconventional, I should say, unconventional way. And I've had to learn to be okay with being weird. And one of the things that I'll do is I'll record myself having a conversation about what I'm thinking of writing and I'll play it back for myself and I'll type out a transcript and sometimes just getting in that writing rhythm. You know, it's why I don't do voice to text. I'll, I'll physically type it out. That gets me in that writing rhythm. Or sometimes I'll type it out. I'll be exhausted. I'll go, I don't want to think about this for a day or two. I come back and I go, wow, I can't use like 
three quarters of this, but here's a quarter that I can use. Now I've got words on a screen. I've got ideas I can play with, but that comes as a result of being willing to be weird. You know, I've had conversations with people who were super in the know on what I was working on. I've had people where I said, Hey, I'm trying to work on this project. And I kind of limited it and said, what do you think of this? And so being unconventional, I think sometimes goes a long way. And when it's stuff that I really don't want to work on, stuff I don't want to write, then I just set a limit, whether that's a word limit or a time limit uh, for myself. Don't be afraid to be weird. Don't be afraid to get feedback from others. Because when we write our own stuff, we're a little bit blind to the mistakes we made. And I include myself in this, where we read the sentence the way we imagine it. And so sometimes there's a word missing. Sometimes there's punctuation missing and we just skip over it. Don't be afraid to have other people read over your work. Don't be afraid to have other people join in your conversation and say, you know, here's what I think of what you're writing. You know, as, as long as you trust them, whether that's you trust them personally or you trust them professionally, trust them and be willing to talk about what you're doing. Be willing to let other people read because if they're people you trust, they're going to have your best interests in mind. They're going to want you to submit the best thing possible, whether that's for a class or whether that's for a journal. They can only make you better. But again, I think that key element in that part is trust, whether that's, again, someone you trust personally, they're a close friend or family, or whether you trust them professionally, they're someone you respect in your department and they've got a good reputation. Uh, I am Aizuddin Mohamed Anwar and I am a lecturer in education at Keele University in the UK. I'm not necessarily a good person to ask advice in terms of uh, writing, particularly because I feel like my approach to writing really changes depending on the project. I tend to be the kind of person who does not do a lot of kind of structured planning up front, which I feel it's 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 helpful, but it's I felt like it's it's never really been part of my my own process. I tend to read a lot before I can write something, and for me, it's taken some time to figure out when is the right time to stop reading and and to begin writing. Yeah, I think reading is, is a good kind of basis to writing. I guess to read, not just for content, but I feel like what makes someone a good writer is actually to be a good reader. Um, not just to read a lot, but to read and try to identify what makes particular forms of writing work. Um, so not just writing, uh, reading for enjoyment, which is important, and also reading for, for knowledge, but also reading for, you know, understanding structure and rhetoric and, and all those kind of devices, which, which are helpful for one's own writing. Today's episode was the third volume of the Fresh Ed Questionnaire, a mini-series that explores some of the day-to-day -day activities inside universities. If you've liked this episode, then I recommend you go back and listen to Volume 1 on supervision and Volume 2 on books. A transcript of today's interview with a selection of resources for further exploration can be found at freshedpodcast.com. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed, not Fresh Ed, which takes no institutional position. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. Reviews really do help. Fresh Ed's team includes Sherry Yang, Fatih Aktas, Obafemi Ngunle, Dion Jiang, Annabella Afroboteng, Anya Lin, Phyllis Che Mensa, and Jose Neto. Original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Fresh Ed is an independently run podcast without advertisements and is made possible by the support of the Open Society Foundations, the UCL Institute of Education, NORAG, the ShockDev Family Fund, and listeners like you please consider donating to Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com slash donate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week.